Money Matters Wealthy Thinking with Alfred Edmund Jr. Welcome to Money Matters Wealthy Thinking. I'm your host, Alfred Edmund Jr. I don't know about you, but I remember the time, a few years out of college, that I complained to my mother about how hard I was having it financially. Until I remembered that my income was already more than triple what she'd ever made while raising four children on her own, and I only had to take care of me. Talk about a reality check. On this edition of Money Matters Wealthy Thinking, I share why going old school with how we relate to and manage our money, following the examples of previous generations, could help us to create a new mindset for building wealth. Also, I've been inviting you to submit questions you'd like me to answer on the podcast. You've responded with some great questions, one of which I'll answer on today's show. Listen up. You may not have asked the question, but chances are you will be helped by the answer. While my topic for this podcast is about what we can learn about managing money from earlier generations, today's question will focus on how we can help the next generation get off on better financial footing as new adults than we may have when we were their age. But first, if you are blessed to have relatives who grew up in the 1940s, 50s, and 60s, it's likely that they are a little confused as to how many of us can make so much more money than they did, even adjusting for inflation, yet always have money problems. You can call it old-fashioned, but many of the rules they followed when it came to money, especially as it relates to using credit, could hold the keys to getting your finances right today. Some examples. Don't spend money you don't have. Previous generations planned their spending around the money they actually had coming in. Go figure. My late mother, who was born in the 1940s, knew exactly how much she expected to spend on groceries every two weeks, practically to the penny. It was the same for our entire household budget. As a divorced single mother providing for the needs of four children, she almost never deviated from her spending plan with impulse buying or other unplanned spending. Despite being a low-income household, while we never had everything we wanted, we always had enough. Earlier generations understood that the true definition of wealth is being happy with enough, not always craving more. Whenever I am tempted to spend money I don't have on something I don't really need, I remember one of my mother's favorite sayings, you're old enough for your wants not to hurt you. How about this idea? Don't borrow money without a real plan for paying it back. Earlier generations did not have the easy access to credit that we take for granted today. This was especially true for women and people of color. They couldn't even access their own credit reports and scores as we do today. As a result, they were less likely to recklessly create debt, for example, by abusing credit cards. It's important to remember that credit is a tool of convenience and convenience costs, always. When you borrow money to spend, which is what happens when you use credit, you are doing it at a premium, paying interest and fees on top of the cost of the goods and services you bought. In the vast majority of cases, it's just not worth it. Better to follow the example of previous generations and keep credit use to a minimum. Save credit for those times when using cash is unsafe or inconvenient 
such as for booking plane tickets or renting a car. And then make a habit of paying off all charges made in a given month, not just the minimum payments. Here's another lesson from previous generations. When you have less income or want to save for something extra, you either cut expenses or you found a way to make extra money. Borrowing was a last, not a first resort. For example, my mother often took a second part-time job every fall in order to afford Christmas presents for our family. Today, too many of us just charge it and forget it, and then wonder why our finances are drained by interest payments and fees and our budget is out of whack. Another one, don't let your eyes be bigger than your stomach. Remember when your parents warned you against the seafood diet? No, you can't have that. Just because you see it doesn't mean you have to eat it. They knew that consuming everything you have access to is a recipe for gluttony, insatiable greed, and poor health. Well, the same applies to consumer spending and your financial health. Just because you see it, especially in the possession of another person, doesn't mean you need to have it. To paraphrase the moral of the book Green with Envy by Shira Boss, a book I recommend on this podcast, keeping up with the Joneses often means following them into debt slavery. Just because someone else has possessions you admire does not mean you have to have them too, especially if you have not budgeted for the expense. And finally, you know this one, cash is still king. Do I really need to explain this one? Again, credit is convenient, but it is not meant to be a substitute for cash, and you pay a high price for the instant gratification it delivers. To build real wealth requires you to embrace the concept of delayed gratification. This means being okay with accepting that you may not be able to afford what you want this minute, but you can plan and save to have it later without taking on more debt. Even if you use a credit card to make the purchase, there is absolutely no reason you should not have the cash on hand to pay the credit card bill in full when it comes due. Yeah, earlier generations of African Americans may have been poor, but at least they knew it and they didn't take for granted the value of a hard-earned dollar. Moreover, they appreciated financial freedom and loathed being obligated to others by debt. Today, we are happy slaves to debt convinced that we're not really broke as long as we have room on at least one credit card, no matter what it costs. Maybe we got off track when we began accepting the crafted messages and images of the happy families we see on television shows over the truth of the experiences of our own real families. Whatever. It's long past time that we remember that the rules of money may never change. To get on track to new wealth, you may need to go old school. You're listening to Money Matters Wealthy Thinking. I'm Alfred Edmund Jr. We'll be back in a moment. Support for Money Matters Wealthy Thinking and the following message come from State Farm, who knows that many Americans struggle with their finances and most have never been taught how to manage them. Starting today, State Farm wants to change that by giving people the tools, help, and education they need to take control of their money, putting financial well-being within the reach of everyone. Now you can find out more at letstarttoday.com. State Farm, here to help life go right. 
Welcome back to Money Matters Wealthy Thinking. I'm Alfred Edmond Jr. Each week, I've been inviting you to submit questions you'd like me to answer on the podcast. And I recently received a great question from James and Angela in Chicago. Their question, both of our children are almost done with college and about to start their lives as independent adults. What can we do to get them off on better financial footing than we had as young adults? This is a great question, especially if, like me, you didn't come from the kind of family background where access to financial education was a given. However, you can help your kids learn what you may wish someone had taught you when you were a young adult. Instead of a trip or a car, consider a graduation gift idea that will start your new adult off with the right attitude about managing their money. A couple of suggestions. Start putting money aside now to give your newly adult children a clean slate by offering to wipe out all or part of their credit card debt. And along with that, schedule meetings with a credit counselor so they can learn how to keep that slate clean. Make any credit card payments you make on their behalf conditional upon them attending these meetings with the credit counselor. You can find free or low-cost certified credit counseling services in your area with the help of the National Foundation for Credit Counseling at debtadvice.org. Another possible gift is a consultation with a financial planner that will introduce the importance of seeking qualified professionals to help achieve financial and life goals in adulthood. This is really helpful for those starting new jobs. A financial pro can help them understand job benefits, income tax obligations, and why it's so important to start saving for retirement now, not later. The point is to help young people get off on the right path with their finances. Giving them a financial head start could be the most valuable gift you can give them, one that will continue to pay dividends for years to come. Again, great question. A big thank you to James and Angela for asking. If you have any questions you'd like me to address, send an email to alfrededmondjr at gmail.com and I'll answer them on future editions of this podcast. That's alfrededmondjr at gmail.com or you can follow and direct message me on Instagram or Twitter at alfrededmondjr. This is Alfred Edmund Jr. with Money Matters Wealthy Thinking. Be sure to get my latest free ebook, Buy Love, Get Trouble, Sell Love, Get Screwed. How decisions in pursuit of sex, love, and relationships impact your career, business, and financial success at grownzone.com forward slash by love get trouble. And do not forget to subscribe to Money Matters Wealthy Thinking on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher, or any other podcast directory. If you like what you hear, go ahead and leave a five star review. I'm Alfred Edmund Jr. at AURN.com. Thanks for listening. Come back for more next week. Money Matters Wealthy Thinking, a product of American Urban Radio Networks.